0: It's time to set aside the superficial.
1: It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. And I'm thrilled that you're tuning in again today. We are continuing in our series of the radical teachings of Jesus Christ our Lord. I certainly hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. And it is fitting that we are continuing in this vein of thought because we've been talking about how to be grateful, an attitude of gratitude despite adversity, despite all the persecutions we go through. And we need to have the right attitude as a disciple of Jesus Christ our Lord because I suspect that there may have been even a conversation or two that happened over the last few days, even with family members who were coming into town, and and perhaps you were feeling convicted that you had to say something. You had to take a stand for Jesus Christ, and maybe there was friction that came out of that. Maybe there was a a relationship that seemed to be maybe even— I don't know, ruined might be a strong word, but it just feels like there's now some barrier in the way that that you took a stand for Christ. They didn't like what you had to say. Now there's this divide and and, and there's a chasm that has now come between you and that individual. As a result, maybe you didn't have that kind of conversation over the Thanksgiving break, but we certainly want to encourage you that as we continue throughout this holiday season— I suspect there will be a conversation that you need to have with somebody, maybe that prodigal child, a co-worker, a family member, whatever that circumstance might be, we can only do better to represent Jesus Christ in every sphere of our influence. And with that will come adversity. Somebody's not going to like what you have to say about something. And so we have to de- develop, I-, I think, spiritually a thick skin, a boldness For Jesus Christ, like Joshua and Caleb going into a strange land, the promised land, but needing to be bold and courageous that Jesus Christ will go before us as God went before them, giving us the words to speak. Even before a world that loves the darkness rather than the light, that's going to be difficult. And so as we talk about these things, we are talking still about the principles of discipleship because this is the attitude of the follower of Christ that no matter the adversity that we experience, we will not be detoured in our faithfulness to stand fast, to be steady, ever ready to serve, grabbing hold of the plowshare, not looking back, only forward for Christ's glorious purposes and not our own. So we're going to look once again to Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 today about those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Again, the part of the radical teachings of Jesus because this goes against everything in our sin nature. For many of us, we don't want to say anything about our faith. We'd rather just simply go about our own business. Let everybody else do their own thing, and I'll have a private relationship with the Lord, and that's not what he's calling us to do as a disciple. We need to be ever ready to give an answer for the hope that's in us. So to help me with this wonderful discussion here today as we examine God's holy word, Dr. Steve Ford is back in the studio with me. Dr. Ford, always good to have you with me, my friend. Thank you for being on Engage in Truth. Thank
0: you, John. As, as you were speaking, I was thinking, there is a motto for this age, it may be, you be you. <laughs> and, and that's okay until you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and proclaim his name in whatever you're doing. Right. Uh, and then as we've talked about, that's a, a totally separate issue. And as we walk through the world... As you described in the past, loving the Lord in such a way that in contrast, we hate everything else in this
1: life, that's Mm. going to become apparent
0: to those around us, and they're going to see something different.
1: And they're going to receive, probably, a love like they've never had before. Right. Before the program, we talked about that, to be able to distinguish of how to love people as Christ did, as he looked out to the audience and grieved for them, while at the same time acknowledging, calling out, and judging sin, that we can be in, in contrast to the things of this world while simultaneously truly loving in a way that where the Lord calls us to love the Lord with all our heart. Right. And then to do likewise to our neighbor it's not loving to turn a blind eye and deaf ear right. to destructive things. That's right. It's not loving them when you watch them just go to hell without ever hearing a message of repentance and life-giving truth in Jesus Christ our Lord. But the way we give that message can be polished a bit more, yeah. right? We often can come across arrogant, pride-filled, better than you, and the message of the world and, and its hate, it seems, against Christianity at times – Uh, we can really help in that message by creating even more divide because we come across as almost hate-filled as opposed to loving. I love you so much. I want you to know that Jesus Christ who has set me free from my shackles of bondage and death. I was headed to hell. I was dead in my trespasses, but because someone else so, so loved me as Christ loved me, if that's even possible, they gave me the gospel message. Right. And I received that message, and now I have hope everlasting, and I'm filled with a new joy that I can't wait to share with you. And I want you to see a smile on my face. It's not manufactured, it is real. And so I'm not going to relent or recant. I'm not going to deny Christ Jesus before you because he loves me so much. How could I possibly be the city on a hill that covers itself up and doesn't let that light shine, right? This is a wonderful attitude to consider, an attitude of gratitude despite the afflictions that will come with that. Yeah, exactly. God says, I loved you so
0: much, I came and died for you so that I could spend eternity with you. That then pours into us and pours into others. But sometimes, don't you think that – Maybe we make it overly complicated in the sense, we're told the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I I firmly believe that if we do that, then we will get that cascading effect. If we love God, if we honestly love God, and he said, if you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. You'll follow my teachings. Mm-hmm then our hearts will automatically be open with floodgates to love those around us. I think it'll just be an ipso facto sort of thing. It's like we've talked about before when the Holy Spirit comes and resides in you. These things that you used to do, your way of thinking, it's not that you're like, oh, well, I can't do that anymore. You don't want to do that. You don't want to look at that. You don't want to watch that. You don't want to read that. It's no longer appealing to you. You are a new creation. That's right. So I think if we really just focus on God and we love him and we focus on that aspect of our relationship, I think you know, definitely we need to be intentional about things, but if we make that our focus, I think a lot of these things will follow
1: after. That's right. Amen. Well, let me kick us off with our one of the key verses in this study here today, and I know you've got a few for us as well, Dr. Ford, but the message that we've really been hitting on here, the target area of this, of this teaching of Jesus Christ, are these powerful words where he says in Matthew 5, verse 10, "'Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake,' For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And what we see in this, it's all part of the Beatitudes. And I, I, Dr. Ford, if you have the Beatitudes there, I think it's probably critical for us to re examine those, those first 10 verses of this Sermon on the Mount, and it was a message the Lord gave frequently. It wasn't something of a one-off or one-time occasion. You can see that throughout the Gospels. There was a consistency, as we'd expect from the Lord, in this message that he was giving of this attitude of the disciple, the one who truly takes this message quite seriously that there has to be a fundamental change in our hearts there has to be a changed heart that leads to changed actions and then you will be a life giver as he is in this world you will give the message of hope and it'll be seen by your actions and heard through your words there will be no his hypocrisy found within you, right? Because if those two don't align, that's hypocrisy. The world will pick up on that instantly. That's one thing teenagers pick up of their parents quite well. It's not a (laughs) a do as I say and not as I do thing. They have to be consistent. So the Lord is addressing that. And when you, are listeners, you're hearing what Dr. Ford's about to read once again of the Beatitudes, think about this for a moment. Why would anyone suffer persecution for living out these heart great attitudes. Point. So think about this. Point. Dr. Ford, hit us again with the Beatitudes. Read, us, read to us this wonderful teaching of the Lord.
0: Sure. This is Matthew
1: 5, 1 to 10. May the
0: Lord, bless the reading of his word. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek,
1: And again, as you hear these powerful words, and we've spent a great deal of time going through each one of those, but once again, as you hear it all together, notice that there's nothing objectionable in the Beatitudes that should lead to persecution. I mean, when you evaluate the motives and character of those who are labeled as criminals or terrorists, what Christ has outlined here is quite contrary to the mindset of evil, and yet it yields persecution. And so someone might ask, well, why is that? Well, it's like asking why I can't breathe underwater. You just you just can't. Right. there, there is a, a fundamental truth here that light is always going to be contrasted with the darkness. The two never meet. There's not a gray area here. It's you're either with the light or you're with the darkness. They're right. either the narrow way that is wrought with difficulty or the wide way that leads unto destruction. The Lord never gives us an in between. And so when you cast light into dark places, it is going to receive a reaction. The toxicity in this world is thick, and it would be like trying to breathe underwater if you're just trying to blend in. If you're a truth-filled individual who truly calls on the name of the Lord and lives out a life of discipleship, you trying to be like the darkness would be like breathing underwater. You are now different. You're a new creation in Christ. Therefore, what you put out into this world is of Christ And quite frankly, it's because anything good that we should do should be labeled with Christ. If we're out there giving a meal to somebody in need, someone's hungry, and you go out there and you give them a meal, praise God that you've done a good work. But the reality is, is when you do it in the name of Christ, that's when the division comes. It's in the name of Christ. If you are labeled, sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, you should almost have a bright neon sign (laughs) right above your head with an arrow, this one follows Jesus, everything they say and do aligns with the will of the Father. They'll make mistakes along the way. Be patient with them. That's our warning disclaimer, but we really then should be... Clearly indicated as a messenger of Christ, I'm giving you this meal because Christ feeds me, i.e., I want to feed you. He gave me life, i.e., I want you to know life. So there should be no question as to your motive of what you're doing, but because you do it for the name of Christ— this will bring persecution. That's the reality in this.
0: Yeah. When you look at these actions or character traits, they're the things that you would want in your friends and your family and your employees. I mean, these are wonderful traits, but like you said, as soon as you do them in the name of Christ, as you were speaking, it it made me think we don't, at least I haven't heard too much in the recent past in the church about backslidden or backsliding Christians. But as, as you were talking, it's a great example because people mm. who are, are, are backsliding sort of have a foot in each world and they are totally miserable. They are absolutely, right. completely miserable. So it just illustrates that point, you know, and the, the contradiction between those two forces.
1: And all the world around them will be confused. Right. Who are you <laughs> really? Whether you're coming or going, you know. Yeah, I mean, you say this, but then you do this. So right. yeah. you do this, but then you turn around and say that. <laughs> I'm confused. Who right. are you really? Exactly. You, you've got to make a decision yeah. here. Yeah. You know, either you're going to put on the Fish uniform or, or they, not. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, Ephesians 6, you're either going to put on the armor of God or not. Yeah. And in that armor, if we've talked about it before, for armor of the day, even when that illustration was That's given, right. had an insignia on it. Right, whether the shield had the insignia or whether the breastplate did, it was clearly identified by colors, type, markings of all sorts. Which army you were with? So yeah. either you're with the Lord's army or you're not. Right, and it is time to make a decision and walk in that. Because Dr. Ford, we've talked about this. Following Christ comes with division, yeah. and some of you may have experienced that already at your Thanksgiving meal or about ready to into these holiday season where you, you're you going to have to have the talk. Yeah. You're going to have to take a stand for something. And and already we've seen even over the election cycle, it's a lot of moral issues that are being weighed upon, decided upon. Men deciding what is now moral. And it's moral relativism that seems to be dominating the day. Whatever the Bible defined it as, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to give a new definition to that. And this becomes now the dominant discussion point around the dinner table so you're going to have to stand for something in this and do it lovingly of course but you've got to take a stand yeah and and, and as you've spoken
0: about oh you know discernment is so important and something that that I knew had suggested before thanksgiving that we actually fast and pray about these opportunities because we need as disciples of jesus christ and i'm speaking you know to myself for myself especially We need to be able to speak the truth in love. We have to speak the truth, but we
1: need to be able to speak that truth in love. That's right.
0: You know, and because that's the way the Lord Jesus did it.
1: Yeah, we were talking about uh, even Mars Hill with Paul going on Acts chapter 17. He goes up to this place where there's idolatry all around him. He could have gone up there and just well, like called fire them fools and brimstone, and, right? <laughs> I mean, mocking them and their foolishness, and yeah. yet what he did was help them. They're, they're in a spirit. They want to worship something. Let me tell you about the unknown God that you have a statue here for. You don't know him, but he rules over all this pantheon of gods, these false gods, but he helps them to know him, to see something different, to think yeah. differently about this matter, and, and and even tell them that in him we move and live and have our being, That he is so close to us where these gods, these false gods you worship, they don't even know you. They don't care about you. But the true God knows you by name, knows the number of the hairs upon your head that a sparrow cannot fall apart from the will of God. He is in all things before us, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient in every way. That is the sovereignty of God. Let me introduce you to one who loves you and knows you by name and wants you to know him in this way through relationship, not just distant relationship. Yeah
0: yeah i think it's interesting because when we see in scripture we know in our own lives god doesn't bludgeon us with these truths it speaks to the creativity Mm. and the intelligence of god that he's more like a skilled surgeon Mm. in the way that he gets his point across messages are delivered that sort of thing and you know you sort of sometimes have these aha moments and he reveals some of the things that he's been doing and you're just like oh my gosh i just never i didn't realize what was happening but then during this entire process this is what happened this is the things that the lord was doing in my life and those sorts of things so i think when we approach other people we really need to be loving we need to be discerning nobody responds to a blunt instrument like that and just being bludgeoned with the truth
1: <laughs> even though we may want to yeah, even, though, times, we may, even though we at right, times especially when you have a teenager in the home you may feel like that's the only recourse here to get their undivided <laughs> attention i suspect that the lord looks at us right, at times yeah. like you know, uh, you know uh, i'd yeah. say that yeah. tongue-in-cheek of course right. but you know we're, we're often like wild stallions just running around pointless aimless and he sees a, a mighty Vessel that can be used if disciplined, if harnessed correctly in his love and tenderness, but his firm hand, his rod of iron that guides and directs. And in that, it gives us peace, knowing that we are under his authority, but yet we, in our sin nature, resist anything. That it even sounds like discipline yeah. uh, or, or, or discipleship, we don't like those two D's uh, because they, they mean it means sort of uh, you know striking down the the, the free will of sin. And I want to just do what I want to do. Right. It's like the Lord loves you too much to let you just wallow in that. Yeah. There's something far greater, and and there's there's works, there's treasures to be had of an eternal value that he wants you to receive. He wants you to come into his glory, and he wants to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, for billions of years to bask in the goodness of God and what he did through you. But if you're just content in the idleness of sin, you'll never know the joy of taking a stand for Christ. I want to at least use this moment to encourage folks that if you are even— convicted at all by this, yeah. we are going to go out to Acacia Park on December 17th at 12 noon, the Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley family, uh, going out there to hand out Bibles and blankets and ultimately to give a smile, share the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, watch people receive gladly something even like a blanket and with it a Bible, but uh, not to blunge in them with the, the gospel message, but to just love on them and uh, to give them these tools and And we've given a lot of meals in the past as well. But there's something about doing that in that micro way that actually will have a macro impact. What we find is the one who's the giver probably is the one more impacted than even the receiver in those moments.
0: Yeah, we see in the Old Testament that... uh... When God is is coming on judgment on the nation of Israel or even other nations other than Israel, frequently it's you have not taken care of the poor. You have not taken care of the widows. You have mm-hmm. not taken care of the foreigner, or the orphan or, or the orphan or the foreigner, I should say. So God has a, has a heart for all these people, especially, I think, you know, go into any kind of room and look for the person who's left out.
1: God has a heart for the people who are left out. That's right. Uh, and, and we were one of them. Right. 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 Paul reminds us. Of that, so were one of you. So right, were you exactly. in this. Uh, he uses the broken to to the, the the weak, the foolish, to do his mighty work and purposes through. I love that uh, First yeah, Corinthians too. chapter I take one. Take that to heart. But I think getting back to this issue that if we read those beatitudes again and go, how am I going to be persecuted for that? Again, with the label of Christ Jesus as our motive, we are under the rabbi, he is the great teacher, he is our savior, he is our Lord, he is God. As he has instructed us to do, we do likewise under the banner of I follow Christ. And in that, he tells us in Luke chapter 12, listen to this, This this is a tough one to really process. You may be questioning, why am I going through such affliction from my own family, for just trying to to speak light and truth into their lives and wanting to love them into a into the gospel message, the, the open arms of Jesus Christ. But listen to what he says here, Luke 12, starting in verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That's not the kind of encouraging message we'd expect (laughs) to receive from the Lord, but this in his truth-giving message, he is telling us when you do this in his name, it will come with division even in your own living room. And don't be shocked when it happens, yeah. but rather be faithful to continue to love like that, speak truth like that. Ever being the student to learn how to give the message in a different way, don't compromise the truth, still keep those arms wide open, but understand it will come with affliction. You you may feel like the black sheep of your family, but this kind of persecution is commended by God. It's like Job, he didn't have to go to Africa. Job didn't go to Central America to give the gospel message. He had to sit still in the knowledge of Psalm 4610 comes to mind. Be still and know that I am God. Just just know that. Live in that and know that he is fighting for you. He will give you the words to speak. He will comfort you in the midst of affliction. You need only to be found faithful, even when it hurts And that's going to be the struggle for all of us because we want to be just peacemakers, the kind of peacemaker that just doesn't say anything that causes friction, that doesn't say anything that goes contrary to the beliefs of those around us who are very militant almost, very passionate about their perspectives. And we just want to be quiet faithful people. Now, I don't say anything that that might uh, lead to this kind of division in my own living room, but rather we are to be found faithful and God will commend us when it comes with difficulty.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think inherently most of us want to be liked. But as we <laughs> we've right. also discussed in prior episodes, more likely than not as time goes by, we are heading into greater and greater periods of persecution even in this country. Mm-hmm. And if we're overly concerned about what other people think about us, if that is our base for our self-esteem, or our self worth, we are not going to be able to
1: declare God's truth. That's right, Amen. That's powerful. Yeah, we need to learn a, a boldness, and for all of those uh, who who just don't like conflict, right. um, all the introverts in who are listening right now the Lord is going to stretch you. I'm one of those. I was always the introvert. I was always the quiet one. And look what the Lord has done. (laughs) Now I can't stop talking about him. And I still find myself or think myself to be the introvert, but yet the Lord will not allow me to stay silent. That's Jeremiah chapter 29. I don't want to talk about this, Lord. It hurts. But he has a great purpose, even in this, that you glorify him when it's not your natural ability to do anything like that. Yeah, I think we can embrace the saying that God
0: doesn't necessarily call the equipped, but equips the called. Amen. And I think he's just been, he's shown himself to be so faithful in that.
1: That's true. And I want to encourage you, our listener, with this. This really is a battle for the hearts and souls of men. Don't give up. Keep praying. Pray for your own strength, even, that the Lord would give you the words to speak. You need only to open your lips and the Holy Spirit speak through you. Be bold and courageous, but do so with discernment. Do so with a desire to see souls saved, not just to win an argument today, don't, if that's your goal, you're, you're going to miss everything that we've been talking about here. He tells us that in Matthew 5, 11, eleven, we'll end with this: "Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake." And certainly, when it comes from family, those kind of wounds sting even deeper. They mm-hmm. hurt deeper. They they go. They they almost seem to never heal. Uh, they, They just continue to fester at times because we just need the salve of the Holy Spirit to tend to those wounds when we're even betrayed by family members, when we speak out in love, but with truth. So don't be dismayed. Keep staying the course. Fight the good fight. Give glory to God in all things. Watch what he does in and through your life. We want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. And encourage you, if you are looking for a church in your area, just to worship with other like-minded believers who go through the Bible verse by verse and can come and check us out at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. You can learn more at calvaryfountain.com. And services are 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. We'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.